ברוך אתה, אדוני אלוהינו, מלך העולם אשר נותן תורת אמת ובשורת ישועה לעמו ישראל ולכל העמים על ידי בנו ישוע המשיח, אדוננו. Praised are you, Adonai our God, King of the universe, who gives the Torah of truth and the good news of salvation to his people Israel and to all the peoples through his son Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. ויפנו משם האנשים וילכו סדומה ואברהם עודנו עומד לפני י"ה-ו"ה. ויגש אברהם ויאמר, האף תספה צדיק עם רשע? אולי יש חמישים צדיקים בתוך העיר, האף תספה ולא תישא למקום למען חמישים הצדיקים אשר בקרבה? חלילה לך מעשות כדבר הזה, להמית צדיק עם רשע, והיה כצדיק כרשע, חלילה לך השופט כל הארץ. לא יעשה משפט? ויאמר י"ה-ו"ה, אם אמצא בסדום חמישים צדיקים בתוך העיר, ונסעתי לכל המקום בעבורם. ויען אברהם ויאמר, הננה הועלתי לדבר אל אדוני, ואנוכי עפר ואפר. אולי יחסורון חמישים הצדיקים חמישה, התשחית בחמישה את כל העיר? ויאמר לא אשחית, אם אמצא שם ארבעים וחמישה. ויסף עוד לדבר אליו, ויאמר, אולי ימצאון שם ארבעים, ויאמר לא אעשה בעבור הארבעים. ויאמר, אל נא יכער לאדוני, ואדברה, אולי ימצאון שם שלושים, ויאמר לא אעשה אם אמצא שם שלושים. ויאמר, הננה הועלתי לדבר אל אדוני, אולי ימצאון שם עשרים, ויאמר לא אשחית בעבור העשרים. ויאמר אל נא איחר לאדוני ואדברה אך הפעם, אולי ימצאון שם עשרה, ויאמר לא אשחית בעבור העשרה. וילך י"ה-ו"ה כאשר קהילה לדבר אל אברהם, ואברהם שב למקומו. ספר בראשית פרק י"ח, פסוקים 22-33 The men turned away from there and went toward Sdom, but Avraham remained standing before Adonai. Avraham approached and said, Will you actually sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Maybe there are 50 righteous people in the city. Will you actually sweep the place away and not forgive it for the sake of the 50 righteous who are there? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous along with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you. Shouldn't the judge of all the earth do what is just? Adonai said, If I find in Sdom 50 who are righteous, then I will forgive the whole place for their sake. Avraham answered, Here now, I, who am but dust and ashes, have taken it upon myself to speak to Adonai. What if there are five less than fifty righteous? He said, I won't destroy it if I find forty-five there. He spoke to him yet again. What if forty are found there? He said, For the sake of the forty, I won't do it. He said, I hope Adonai won't be angry if I speak. What if thirty are found there? He said, 
I won't do it if I find 30 there. He said, Here now, I have taken it upon myself to speak to Adonai. What if 20 are found there? He said, For the sake of the 20, I won't destroy it. He said, I hope Adonai won't be angry if I speak just once more. What if 10 are found there? He said, For the sake of the 10, I won't destroy it. Adonai went on his way as soon as he had finished speaking to Avraham, and Avraham returned to his place. The Book of Genesis, Bereshit, Chapter 18, Verses 22 to 33. Peace be upon you and welcome back to a most educational and enlightening conclusion to episode 19 Aleph. This is episode 19 Bet, the Triunity, not the Trinity, in the Hebrew Tanakh. And you get to listen to it right here on Finding, Finding Higher, higher ground. ground. Speaking light into the chaos and darkness of a dying world from on top of a hill overlooking the valley of the shadow of death, deep within the heart of Seattle, Washington, USA, the devil and his demons are in a panic when they hear that manic messianic. Here is your humble servant and host, Gotti Hire. None of these podcasts would be made possible without the help of the following. Spotify, Epidemic Sound, and of course, Team Audacity. Thank you for all the hard work that you do. There is a great video circulating on the internet, and this video is about a little baby girl. I, I don't know if how old this baby girl is, maybe 18 months, maybe 2 years old, I'm not sure. But this baby girl, such an adorable baby little girl, little baby girl, she, um, she's getting glasses put on her face, and she's fighting the person who's putting the glasses on her face. And she's like, no, no, don't put that stuff on me, I don't want it. And and then the, the person finally puts them just to get the glasses on this little precious baby's face. And she opens her eyes, and she's absolutely amazed. The facial expressions on this little baby's face are absolutely precious. Beyond precious. I, I giggle and laugh when I see this baby and, their ex- and her facial expressions. And while I was watching this video... Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> points out to me, she's like, yes, I said she. If you wonder why I call Ruach HaKodesh, or why I refer to the Holy Spirit as a she, then you're more than welcome to listen to my 
episode 14 podcast of Finding Higher Ground, and that explains exactly why I refer to the Holy Spirit as a she, and it is absolutely biblical. Um, if you do a little bit of research in the Hebrew language, you'll realize that it's very, very biblical. And um, yeah, listen to my episode 14. But anyway, I digress. The Holy Spirit revealed to me through that video that that's how we are with Messiah Yeshua. <clears throat> we are the baby, and he wants to put those glasses on us. The glasses are the Torah and the good news together, right? The glasses are a completion. It's a completion of the Torah. The frames of the glasses are the Torah, and the, the lenses are the Beit the New Testament. And when, when, he, when he puts that on us, and we fight him, right? We push his hands away. We're like, no, we don't want it. Don't put that on us. And he gets his way. And he puts those glasses on our heads and we open our eyes and we stop resisting and we're just amazed. We're amazed at what we see every day. Every day, every day we see his amazingness and it never gets old. It never gets old. It never gets old talking about this stuff. It never gets old. I can talk about my Messiah Yeshua for hours and days and weeks nonstop. Why? because he is the impossible made possible and the good news of salvation the what we call the gospels matthew mark luke and john or matityahu marcus lucas and yohanan these are actual testimonies of said messiah yeshua this person that we call messiah yeshua if you study them if you really really take this the time to study these gospels, the good news, because that's what it means. Gospel in Greek means good news. Habsorah in Hebrew. If you take the time to study this good news, you will find that it is absolutely and positively truth. All of it. Nothing gives me more satisfaction and more pleasure than to making Messiah Yeshua more tangible to you, dear listener. Believer and non-believer, I talk to you as one. Nothing gives me more joy than trying to make this person, which some of you may have a hard time grasping his existence and, and even the meaning of what his existence is, um, because he's not an ordinary man, this, this person that we call Messiah Yeshua. He's not an ordinary man. Um, you know, it's really funny. The world wants a superhero so bad. The world has all of these different superheroes. The Justice League and and um, Guardians of the Galaxy. And, well, maybe they're not superheroes per se. But the Avengers and all of these different superheroes. And, and you, can, you can see how the world wants a superhero so bad. And yet, it won't recognize... The real superhero, there's a real superhero right in front of their face and they will just completely ignore this superhero. And this superhero is Messiah Yeshua, or as the, the Gentiles like to call him, Christ Jesus. This is, this is the superhero. He is the superhero. He beat death. He is God. Check this out. He is God, Adonai Elohim, God, God of the Bible. The God that's not supposed to exist, the God that the atheists, the atheists hate, and and if if 
See, he has to exist in order for you to be an atheist. That's what why your atheism doesn't make sense. God has to exist in order for there to be atheism. Isn't that ironic? It's so ironic, I'm hearing Alanis singing in the background. I mean, I completely obliterated the atheist argument. Completely, I, obl I obliterated it. He has to exist in order for you to not to believe in him. I'm going to say that again louder for the kids in the back. God has to exist in order for you to not to believe in him. If that doesn't make any sense to you, you're lost, truly lost. I, I don't know what to say, but I, I mean, I, I proved his existence to you. So if that, if, if there is a problem with that, you need to take it up with management. If you are detecting any kind of anomalies with my voice, I do believe I am having a battle with allergies, so I do apologize. My dear listener, I have been studying this word of God, this book we call the Bible, for a very, very long time. I would say that I've been studying the Bible for about 25 years. These last two and a half years, I've been reading the Bible a lot more than in the last 23. Nothing brings you closer to the Word of God than a good life crisis. Now, of course, Captain Obvious over here, I don't read the Bible, this book that we call the Bible, by myself. I read it, of course, with other people. And one specific person that sticks out more than most would be my brother in Messiah of 17 years and one of my best friends in life, Les Paul Stewart of now currently Greeley, Colorado, but before that, uh, Shreveport, Bossier, Louisiana. My walk with Messiah Yeshua has been heavily influenced by the teachings of this one individual. Now, I have to note here, I have to make this emphasis that in the 17 years and counting that I have known this man, we have not once argued or debated or have had a quarrel about any kind of doctrine pertaining to scripture. And this is completely in spite of the fact that we both had completely different upbringings and completely different backgrounds. And he was raised as an American Gentile, and I was raised as an Israeli Jew, and I have nine years over this gentleman, and um, we couldn't be more different from each other. And yet, for the last 17 years, almost daily, I can, t I can attest that in the last two and a half years, it's definitely been daily. Daily, every day, in the morning and after work, I study, the word of God with this man diligently and we have conversations that span for hours pertaining to the word of God diligently I'm hoping that one day he'll get off of his bony behind and create a podcast channel like I have done so that we can both combine our forces together and now I say this with complete humility um, when I say that you've never experienced a Bible study until you've experienced one with Les Paul and myself. Some might call us blasphemous, some might call us irreverent, um, but we are not. We fully know who we worship, 
as a matter of fact, he refuses to call himself a Gentile and he sees himself as a Hebrew and a Jew. But uh, as a Jew, according to the definition of Adonai Elohim and his anointed one and his Ruach HaKodesh. So here you have a Jew and a Gentile, one in Messiah, exactly like the Torah says. And when I say Torah, of course, I include Habrita Chadasha, the New Covenant, and the Old Testament, the Tanakh, as one book. It's the whole, all of it's the Torah to me. The Old Testament is the written Torah, and the New Testament is the spoken living Torah, who is Yeshua the Messiah. That's how I see it. But it's all Torah to me. As a matter of fact, when I every time I read the word Torah from now on in the actual Old Testament, or what the Jews call the Tanakh, Every time I see that word, I don't see it as the written Torah, I see it as the completed Torah, because it wouldn't make any sense for Adonai to tell the Jews to embrace something that would be later on nullified or done away with, if you would, if you would just say. Now, of course, his Torah was not done away with, it was completed, and he was the one that completed it, because only Yeshua the Messiah can complete it, because he is the spoken living Torah. He was the one who wrote the written Torah. This is what gave him authority to debate and, and um, intellectually wrestle with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Of course, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were relying on their own intellect instead of the, um, the intellect of Adonai, which you can only achieve from the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, which you can only get from being born from above, and the Pharisees very foolishly didn't want to have anything to do with any of that. But I digress, as I usually do, and I'm going to focus now on um, one of these Bible studies that I had here recently with my brother in Messiah of 17 years and my best friend, one of my best friends in life, Les Paul Stewart of Colorado, and um, yes, he is actually named after the guitar. So one fine day, I come home from work, and as usual, like every day, I call up my old buddy, Les Paul Stewart, and we start talking about his word. This is what we do every day, not exaggerating. And we both, mind you, dear, dear listener, believer and non-believer alike, mind you, we do study from the same exact version of scripture, which in this instance would be the complete Jewish study Bible. I, I recommend wholeheartedly to get one of those. There is so much knowledge to be gained from having one of these Bibles. It will keep you rooted in the Jewish hermeneutics, the Jewish context of scripture. It's ridiculously crucial to keep the context of the, of the writings. And I believe that this Bible is the best instrument to do that. There are other Bibles out there that are, um, um, I have to, I have to honestly dig a little deeper. There's one called the Tree of Life version, and I, that's supposed to be a, a good one, but I haven't really used it a whole lot yet. And actually, this is rather important that I talk about different versions of scripture, scripture because I'm actually going to be bringing that up here in a little bit about what Les Paul and I found in the book of Genesis, specifically verse, uh, chapter 18, verses the way down to 32. 
No, 33. So we are in Genesis 18, verses 20 to 33. This is the very passage that you heard at the beginning of this podcast. And just because I can, I'm going to go over it one more time. Okay, Genesis 18, verse 20. This is out of the Complete Jewish Study Bible. Adonai said, The outcry against Sodom and Amorah is so great and their sin so serious that I will now go down and see whether their deeds warrant the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away from there and went towards Sdom, but Avraham remained standing before Adonai. Avraham approached and said, Will you actually sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Maybe there are fifty, maybe there are fifty righteous people in the city. Will you actually sweep the place away and not forgive it for the sake of the fifty righteous who are there? Far be it from you to do such a thing to kill the righteous along with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike, far be it from you. Shouldn't the judge of all the earth do what is just? Adonai said, If I find in Sdom fifty who are righteous, then I will forgive the whole, pla- the whole place for their sake. Verse 27, Avraham answered, Here now I, who am but dust and ashes, have taken it upon myself to speak to Adonai. What if there are five less than fifty righteous? He said. I won't destroy it if I find forty-five there. Verse 29. He spoke to him yet again. What if forty are found there? He said, for the sake of the forty, I won't do it. He said, I hope Adonai won't be angry if I speak. What if thirty are found there? He said, I won't do it if I find thirty there. He said, Here now, I have taken it upon myself to speak to Adonai. What if twenty are found there? He said, For the sake of the twenty, I won't destroy it. He said, I hope Adonai won't be angry if I speak just once more. What if ten are found there? He said, For the sake of the ten, I won't destroy it. Verse 33, Adonai went on his way as soon as he had finished speaking to Avraham, and Avraham returned to his place. Okay, so I'm reading this out loud to Les Paul over the phone, and as I'm reading this to him, we are both noticing something interesting in the actual typeface of the book itself. Now, those of you that are believers, that have Bibles, you are more than welcome to open up your Bible to Genesis and the verses that I just read. And now I know I'm I'm very well aware that most of you who do have Bibles are probably not going to have a complete Jewish Bible, and that's just fine. But you can open up your own Bible, be it King James, be it New American Standard, be it whatever, and hopefully you'll see what I see here when I see, when I look at my Bible. Now, when we start reading this passage from verse 20, In my Bible, it says Adonai, and all the letters are uppercase letters. Big capital A, and then the rest of the letters, D-O-N-A-I, they're still uppercase letters. And we keep on reading up to verse 27. 
Verse 26, if you look at verse 26, it says, Adonai said, if I find in Sodom 50 who are righteous, then I will forgive the whole place for their sake. And again, the Adonai, the actual typeface itself, is all uppercase. Capital Big Fat, capital A, then D-O-N-A-I is all uppercase. But then suddenly, here in verse 27, Avraham answered, Here now, I who am but dust and ashes, have taken it upon myself to speak to Adonai. But here, the typeface in the text is different, my dear listener. If you look at the at your Bible, you will see that it should say, um, in your Bibles, it's going to say the word Lord. But one Lord will be uppercase, all caps, Lord. And then all of a sudden, in verse 27, it's going to say Lord, but it's going to be capital L, but the lower, it's going to be lowercase l-o-r-d, because in my Bible, Adonai is, it's a capital A, an uppercase A, but all of a sudden, the D-O-N-A-I, they're all lowercase. Something changed. And then we keep on seeing this pattern in the typeface up until 32, Verse 32, he says, I hope Adonai won't be angry if I speak just once more. And that Adonai, again, is A, the capital A, uppercase, but the D-O-N-A-I is lowercase. In your Bibles, it will probably be capital L, and then O-R-D is lowercase. And then, all of a sudden, back to verse 33, it says Adonai went on his way as soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, Avraham, and Avraham returned to his place. But in verse 33, all of a sudden, what happens? We have another Adonai. It's gone back to being uppercase. We have an uppercase A and the D-O-N-A-I. In your Bibles, it's going to be L-O-R-D, the Lord, L-O-R-D, all uppercase. And I've checked this. I've looked at other versions of scripture and to make sure that this this is this typeface change is present in all other ver- main versions of scripture and sure enough it is there. My, I have the Hebrew one, you guys have the English one. I mean mine is in English too, but it, Adonai is phonetic Hebrew and you guys are just dealing with the word Lord. But the, but once again, the typeface is different in that passage and here Lest Paul and I are racking our brains as to why exactly the typeface would be different. What would bring that change? And as I always do in in instances such as these, what what does the Manic Messianic do? He goes back to the original Hebrew. And here is where it gets very interesting. So as I open to the Hebrew, Sefer Bereshit, Perek Yudcheth, Psukim, 26-33, that would be the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verses uh, 20 to 33. And as I look upon these verses, from verse 20 to 26, it says, for the Adonai, that's all uppercase, we find the word Yudhevavhe, which is the actual name of God that Adonai Elohim gave to Moses in Exodus 3. So it would read as such, Vayomer It's rabbinical Judaism tells me that I need to read that as Adonai, but um, 
I'm not, I'm not obligated under no such commandment in the, in the actual Torah. Uh, there is no such commandment that prohibits me from stating and, and declaring the name of my father. So I'm going to go ahead and read it as, Vayomer Yud Vav Hei Yehovah Zakat Sdom Ve'amora Ki Rabah Ve'chatatam Ki Kveda Me'od as a point of reference that was Genesis 18.20. So from Genesis 18.20 to 26, verse 26, In English, from the complete Jewish uh, Bible, that would be uh, 26, 18.26, Genesis 18.26. Adonai said, if I find in Sodom 50 who are righteous, then I will forgive the whole place for their sake. Now here comes the change. Suddenly, in verse 27, we see this. Vaya'an Avraham vayomer hinena ho'alti ledaber el Adonai ve'anochi afar ve'efer. The matching verse to that in the complete Jewish Bible would be, Avraham answered, Here now I, who am but dust and ashes, have taken it upon myself to speak to Adonai. And here's that lowercase Adonai that I've mentioned before. And then throughout the passage, from verse 27 all the way down to verse 32, we still say, we still see this word Adonai. We still see Abraham referring to God as Adonai and not Yudhevavhe Yehovah. And then in verse 33, Vayelech Yehovah. The English point of reference would be 33. Adonai went on his way as soon as he had finished speaking to Avraham, and Avraham returned to his place. And again, here, in the complete Jewish Bible, Adonai is all uppercase, uppercase letters, and in other renditions of scripture, it would be Lord, all uppercase, as opposed to Lord, capital L, and then all lowercase letters. So, we have this interesting phenomenon where the, the author, in this case it would be Moshe, Moses, he pens out verse, verse 27, verses 27 all the way down to 32. This whole conversation between Avraham and and Adonai, God, it's, he's actually using the word Adonai. Aleph, Daled, Nun, Yud, with the right cantillation underneath the letters. He is not referring, he is not speaking to Yud, Hei, Vav, Hei. Well, he is, but he's not, he's referring to him and addressing him as Adonai, which is very, very interesting because we Jews rabbinically are taught that when we see the word Yud, Hei, Vav, Hei, we are to address that as Adonai, but here we see Abraham referring to God directly as Adonai and even calling him that. An interesting side note would be that in the beginning of chapter 18, Bereshit Yudchet, chapter uh, Genesis 18, in the very beginning, when Abraham, uh, when Abraham sees these three people appear out of nowhere, it seems, he it just it says he raised his eyes up and there they were. They just showed up, um, and when he when he saw these three people, he ran from the tent door, and he prostrated himself to the ground, and he says this, 
Now in English it would be verse 3. We are we are in Genesis 18 verse 3. I'm, I'm, I, I kind of sort of apologize for hopping all around this chapter, but bear with me. So verse 3, and, and he said, Avraham said, My Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, please don't leave your servant. Mind you, Lord, in this instance, for some crazy reason, Stern had decided to translate Lord as lowercase l-o-r-d, even though in the Hebrew it's re he's referred to as Adonai. Here's that word again, Adonai. I will read it in Hebrew. Sefer Bereshit, Perek Yudchet, Pasuk Shalosh, Vayomer Adonai, Imna Matzati Chen Be'enecha Alna Ta'avor Me'al Avdecha. So I'm not entirely sure why Stern did not render this first mention of the of the of the title Lord as a lowercase Adonai instead of just giving him this L O R D all lowercase Lord, which is rather um, I would say almost demeaning in a way. So back to the passage of, of Genesis 18 from 20, basically 26, 27, all the way down to 33, we have this switch from, in Hebrew, it's yud heh vav -Hey, and then verses 27 all the way down to 32, Avraham refers to God as Adonai, actually the word Adonai itself, and then verse 33 it switches back to yud heh vav -Hey. So I have to ask myself why, why did Moshe pen it that way? We have to notice also that the first time that Adonai Elohim, what we call God, the God of the Bible, the very first time that Adonai Elohim ever discloses his actual true name, Yehovah yud heh vav -Hey, to anyone would, in, in my recollection, would be Moses at the burning bush, which is Exodus 3. It's entirely possible that Abraham had nothing else to go by. He had no other name to call him. Maybe he didn't want to refer to him directly um, with his actual name. Maybe Abraham didn't know his actual name. The only time we see an actual documentation of Elohim, Adonai Elohim, yud heh vav -Hey, disclosing his real name, his true name, his eternal name to a person, is Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, in Exodus 3. We also know that no one can really um, see God and live. So, and, and, then, and yet we have, here we have a documentation of Avraham Avinu, uh, Abraham our father, having an, a conversation with Yudhei God, calling him Adonai. So, I am left with the conclusion. I ask myself that, that the question that needs to be asked here is who is Abraham actually really talking to? And without relying on my own understanding and my own wisdom and taking this to what I've gathered and, and gleaned from scripture and upon asking the counsel of holy, the Holy Spirit Ruach HaKodesh herself I have uh, concluded that the person that Abraham is actually talking to this person if you want to call it a person is Yeshua a person? yes he is uh, Abraham is actually in fact talking to Yeshua pre-incarnate Yeshua 
I know, I know, you might be still a little rubbed the wrong way when I refer to the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, as a female, but I, I absolutely have no choice based upon all of my research that I have done. It's completely biblical, it's, it's completely scriptural. The first church people, who are mostly Jews, referred to the Holy Spirit as a female and even called her mother, and I have um, theological documentation to prove this. But my conclusion stands whether or not Holy Spirit Ruach HaKodesh is feminine or not. That's not really what we're talking about at this moment in time. What we are talking about is if the Trinity, the Triunity rather, I like the, the word Triunity much, much better than the word Trinity because it's a lot more accurate. Is the, is the Triunity, does the Triunity appear in the Hebrew Tanakh? And I would have to conclude, based upon all of my research that I have done, um, for you to make this podcast happen is a, a refutable yes, um, and I and 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 if I if I proceed further to go to uh, to Genesis 19:24, I have this very very interesting verse that I've t- I've I've kind of touched upon in the past um, in other podcasts I'm sure, but if I were to read Genesis 19:24, it says this. In English, that would be rendered this way. Check this out. Genesis 19.24 Then Adonai, and in this case it would be uppercase Adonai, capital A, big capital A, and then all uppercase the D-O-N-A-I is all uppercase. So we're back to yud vav right? It says this, Then Adonai caused sulfur and fire to rain down upon Sdom and Amorah from Adonai out of the sky. If you find yourself asking why is Adonai mentioned twice in this verse, why, why, why is Adonai... There's one Adonai, the first Adonai, and then there's another Adonai. So this first Adonai is, is raining fire and sulfur upon Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom Amorah, from Adonai out of the sky. Some renditions uh, of the Bible out there actually omit one of these Adonais, which is an absolute catastrophe. The first Adonai in the verse, then Adonai caused sulfur and fire to rain down upon Sodom and Gomorrah, that first Adonai is none other than Yeshua the Messiah. Then the second Adonai, from Adonai out of the sky, that's the second part of Genesis 19.24, who do you think Adonai out of the sky is? If you are, if you are inclined to say Adonai, the Adonai in the sky is Abba Father and or the Holy Spirit and, and or both, then you would be correct. So here you have a very interesting dynamic between Adonai the son, who just finished talking to Abraham on the earth, and Adonai the father, and Adonai the spirit, who's in the sky. Therefore, omitting the second Adonai from the verse is a horrible, horrible mistake, and it leads to erroneous theologies. You are destroying the dynamic between Yeshua, Adonai the son, and Adonai the Father and Holy Spirit. Moses didn't make a mistake when he penned these words down. He didn't 
he didn't write down a typo, that second Adonai is not a grammatical mistake. Every single word that's in the scripture is there for a reason and on purpose. And all throughout the Bible we are warned not to add or take away from this word of God that we are presented with. So why do people feel that it's necessary to omit one mentioning of Adonai when it's purposely put there? This phenomenon of um, uppercase Adonai versus lowercase Adonai, it doesn't only appear in Genesis 18, it appears in other places in scripture throughout the entire Bible. Another place that I found it that's very noticeable is Psalm 110. This is a kind of a doozy of a psalm because this is the psalm that Yeshua uses. Yeshua himself uses this psalm to stump the Pharisees later down the road, a few thousand years later after the psalm was written down. It goes like this. I'm in Tehillim 110 from the very beginning, verse 1, a psalm of David. Adonai says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Quote, unquote. Now, mind you here, Lord is capital L and then lowercase o-r-d. So, and then, uh, by the way, Adonai is all uppercase here. So we have an uppercase, uh, uppercase A, and then the D-O-N-A-I is also all uppercase, slightly smaller than the capital A, which, as we've discovered, points to yud heh vav -Hey in Hebrew. Adonai will send your powerful scepter out from Zion so that you will rule over your enemies around you. Verse 3, on the day your forces mobilize, your people willingly offer themselves in holy splendors from the womb of the dawn. The dew of your youth is yours. Verse 4, Adonai has sworn it, and he will never retract. Quote, you are a Kohen forever to be compared with Malkitzedek. Huh. Interesting that the that this name should pop up since I have been thinking about making episode 20 about Malkitzedek. So um, I, I guess that we're, that's what we're going to be doing. I'll read that again. Tehillim 110, verse 4. Adonai, all uppercase, has sworn it, and he will never retract. Quote, you are a Kohen, a priest, forever, to be compared with Malkitzedek. Yeah, that one guy from Genesis that met Abraham and blessed him with the elements of the Kiddush, the communion. We're going to talk about that later. 5, verse 5, Adonai at your right hand will shatter kings on the day of his anger. He will pass judgment among the nations. Filling it with dead bodies, he will shatter heads throughout an extensive territory. He will drink from a stream as he goes on his way, therefore he will hold his head high. Now, verse 5, interestingly enough, Adonai is rendered capital A and lowercase letters. So, what did I do? Once again, I went to the original Hebrew like I always do. If you really want real answers and good answers, always look into the original Hebrew of the meanings of things. So I'm in the Hebrew version of what I just read. This is uh, Psalm 110 from the very beginning. Tehillim kafyud kufyud slicha. Tehillim kufyud. פסוק אחד, לדוד מזמור נאום אדוני, לדוד מזמור נאום יהובה, י"ה ו"ה, אוקיי? לאדוני שב לימיני עד עשית אויבך הדום לרגליך, 
מטה עוזך ישלח יהובה מציון רדה בקרב אויביך עמך נדבות עמך נדבות ביום חילך בהדרי קודש מרחם משחר לך טל ילדותך נשבע י"ה יהובה ולא ינחם אתה כהן לעולם על דברתי מלכי צדק And then verse 5, all of a sudden, it goes after mentioning yud hey vav hey three times. Here in verse 5, it all of a sudden says, Adonai al yemincha machatz bayom apo melachim. Adonai, the actual word for Adonai. Not yud hey vav hey, but Adonai. Why the sudden change? Unfortunately, I can't ask David why he penned it that way and why the difference between Adonai and Yehovah, but as I've concluded before, I'm pretty convinced that when the uh, author, when the person who wrote all this down refers to actual Adonai, it is Yeshua himself. So in conclusion, I'm going to state that if you look real hard and happen to know a lot of Hebrew on a fluent level, you will find out that this triunity concept is not something that was invented by Christianity. It's actually very Jewish in origin, and it is all over the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible. For all of you who are not fluent in the Hebrew language, I have taken it upon myself to share with you what I know, and I've done the work so that you don't have to. But uh, if you decide to take on Hebrew and learn how to speak it, read it and write it, more power to you. It, it, it's not an easy language and it took me years, decades, and I still wrestle with it. Of course, living in Israel for 20 years definitely helps. With that being said, if you have a knack for linguistics and you want to challenge yourself, by all means, I encourage you to study the Hebrew language. I, I wish, I say wish, I don't like to use that word, but I wish and pray that I knew Koine Greek like I know Hebrew, because then I'd be able to read the New Testament in, uh, in the Greek language the way it was supposedly initially written. I have a theory about that too. But uh, I would love to know Koine Greek at the same level that I know Biblical Hebrew, or modern-day Hebrew for that matter. I do give thanks, and I am very grateful, to Adonai Elohim, the living God of the Bible, the God of Israel, for what I do have and what I do know, and what He chooses in His infinite wisdom to reveal to me. None of this comes from me. All of this comes from Him. Upon my internet research, I happened to stumble upon slash be led to a really good article from my friends at Jews for Jesus titled, Is the Trinity in the Hebrew Scriptures? This was uh, posted um, online by Jews for Jesus on April 27th of 2018. Now, I thought, seriously considered incorporating this article on this podcast but I've noticed that we're already at 41 minutes ish and that's without my elaborate flamboyant intro 
and I'm trying real hard to keep my podcast episodes within the hour time frame, because y'all have so much of an attention span, not to offend anyone, but I know that you guys have lives, and I don't want you sitting and thumping and going, oh my god, when is this guy gonna stop talking? So I have decided here just a moment ago that there is going to be an episode 19 Gimel. There will be a third episode. It's just fitting since we're talking about a triunity. It would be fitting that there would be three episodes. So, my dear listeners, believer and non-believer alike, there will be a third episode of episode 19, a third part, third installment, and I think that this article from Jews for Jesus is basically going to wrap up everything that we've talked about in a nice little ribbon and give closure to the whole topic of whether the Trinity or the Triunity is in the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible. Um, My vote is absolutely. I will not leave you hanging for much longer. There will not be a long wait between 19 Beth and 19 Gimel. I keep on saying that and then I kind of disappear a little bit. But I, I always come back. I have to. I'm compelled and obligated and I do this for him and for you, not for me. Until then, my dear listener, believer and non-believer alike, I will leave you with the ironic blessing like I always do. Yivarchecha Adonai v'yishmerecha Ya'er Adonai panav elecha v'yechunecha Yisa Adonai panav elecha v'yasem lecha shalom B'shem HaMashiach Yeshua. Amen. May Adonai bless you and keep you May Adonai shine his face upon you and be gracious unto you. May Adonai lift his face upon you and give you his peace in the name of Messiah Yeshua. Amen. Until next time, go with God. Nishtamea, you will be hearing from me later. Shalom.